Hello beautiful souls and thank you so much for tuning in and a hello to you from anywhere you are in the world. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I know I have listeners everywhere. So this is my first episode, my first full episode of 2022. I know it's coming to February, right? But still it's not too late to start. And I'm kicking off this episode with my wonderful guest, and I mean really wonderful guest, Jasmine Westbrook, right? She's amazing. And you know why? Because she's going to share you her wisdom of how your food impacts your mental health. So I'm just going to say a little bit about Jasmine so you can understand why I am so chaffed. I am so gassed up in having Jasmine on a podcast um I start I came across Jasmine via Instagram. I noticed she was putting a lot of posts up about food, about mental health, about certain steps for people to take. And to be honest, I like practical advice. I like advice that can be given to somebody and show you how you can do something, right? So let me start introducing you, Jasmine, to you. So you can like her just as much as I like her, okay? So Jasmine is currently working as a registered dietitian, nutritionist and a certified diabetes care and she's also an education specialist residing in North Carolina. Now, like me, Jasmine believes in realistic approach to improving nutritional habits for better quality of life. Jasmine has interest, uh, Jasmine is interested in nutrition blossomed from health problems Uh, dominating her and our family's life and Jasmine thought these things could have been corrected via preventative measures just I guess by knowing and that's what Jasmine strived to do she strived to give the knowledge that would have benefited her and our family she'll give that knowledge to you now Jasmine earned her bachelor's of science degree in nutrition and dietetics from the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga and a master's degree in clinical nutrition from Rosalind Franklin, Franklin University in Chicago. And another special thing about Jasmine is that she's a co-founder of a non-profit organization called Eat Well Exchange. Mm-hmm. Now, this particular organization works to primarily bridging the gap in health outcomes by guiding communities in making positive lifelong changes whilst respectfully maintaining their culture. Jasmine also has a consulting company, uh, Nourished Through Nutrition, that teaches about diabetes mindful eating and making long-term behavior changes so can you see why i am so chaffed in having jasmine on a podcast right so settle down get yourself a cup of tea and enjoy thank you so much So, hey, everybody, my name is Jasmine Westbrooks, and I'm a registered dietitian and nutritionist, and I'm also a diabetes educator. Um, so I'm really big into education, um, and I've been doing this for about maybe 
uh, about six years now. Wow, time flies. Um, and I've had so many great experiences. We're really educating people to um, really uh, uh, adopt this mindset of living a healthy lifestyle because it just affects so many different areas of our lives. Um, and a lot of times we probably feel like we're running on fumes um, just from little demands that we have in our own personal lives, but it doesn't have to be that way if we really take care of the true wellness that you know God has really um, given us the tools and resources for. So my story was inspired by honestly, me personally going through different things with my family, with myself, um, and discovering methods and ways to really have liberating decisions around not only the food that I choose, uh, but also the mindset that I have, my environment, um, getting moving and trying to like be a little bit more active and even like rest and recovery more recently. So I'm excited to be here. Oh, well, you actually answered my next question, which was what inspired you to become a nutritionist? <laughs> so at least you got that covered, you got that out of the way. So thank you for that. So, so you guys, you were listening, you might be wondering, well, what does a nutritionist and a dietitian have to do with family estrangement? And my answer to that question is, when you go through family estrangement, you still have to eat, you still have to make choices about the food you have, you still have other health issues which might be caused by diet or lack of exercise, they might be caused, uh, we might have other mental health issues that creep up because of the type of food that we're eating or the lack of exercise. Now, when you go for family estrangement, you might already be having some type of mental health uh, scenarios that you have to deal with, uh, specifically to do maybe with rejection, low self-esteem, et cetera, whichever that might look for you. But there are other things that we can do to help ourselves. And sometimes this includes the basics, includes diet and exercise. So Jasmine, I'm going to ask you a question. I know it's going to be a loaded question, but I think you'll be helpful. What is the correlation between diet and mental health? There is a huge correlation. Um, and I think it's actually been more recent that people now are starting to realize it kind of mm -hmm. like with mental health too right it's yeah. like mental health has been uh, I'll say the word trend that has mm -hmm. literally stuck around because we keep getting evidence behind it right like it's proven points of why people are in certain mental health um, situations or uh, what can we do in our lifestyle to improve it so the answer to that is um, if someone's ever questioning it it is definitely science-based proven um, that the food that you eat has a huge role in mental health regarding um, your risk of having depression or even decreasing symptoms of depression. Um, also oxidative stress and even like just improving your mood. Um, so our brains, when we think of our brains, right? Mm -hmm. Our brains go through a lot. Yes. <laughs> our brains never yes. turn off. That's the no, thing. They yes. They, it's like 24 seven, even when we're resting, our brains still have to have some type of capacity of functioning, even though it may not be like, right, a hundred percent, right? Yeah. It still has some capacity. Um, and so knowing that that brain has such a huge um, impact on mental health, we have to take care of it. And there are certain nutrients mm. and certain foods that we have to eat in order to really build up that brain. So 
always use the analogy that people can kind of relate to, which is like yeah. a car, right? Okay. You know, if you had a Mercedes Benz, a nice foreign car, right? Yeah. Um, then you wouldn't just go and put the cheapest gas in it or use the cheapest whatever on it um, no. to wash your car or to make it reach its full potential. Same thing with our bodies. You wouldn't just, you know, it's not recommended to just put anything in your body that is not going to support your brain. Now it goes even further though. It goes even further because people think it's just, oh, eat the food that's good for your brain. But when we think about when we're eating food, Mm. it doesn't, when we eat it, it doesn't go straight to the brain. No, it goes through our GI system. Mm -hmm. Um, so like our intestines and all of where the food um, nutrients are absorbed. Um, so there are foods that really protect the lining of the intestines mm. to uh, build up the good bacteria uh, and fight off toxins and fight off bad bacteria um, and then really transport those you know, mental health or brain foods yeah. um, up to where it needs to be. So it's a bit of a process. It's mm-hmm. not an overnight thing. It takes consistency, um, but the food and mental health have a lot to do with each other. Yeah. Um, and just wellness overall has a lot to do with mental health. Oh, thank you for that. So can you tell me a little bit more about, you mentioned something about oxidative stress. Are you able to elaborate a little bit more on that one? Yeah, so oxidative stress is, when we think about stress or things that can cause it, we mm-hmm. usually find in studies that oxidative stress is really hard on your cells. Yeah. Um, and it causes inflammation. And we know oh. that inflammation leads directly to like the heart disease, the mm. cancer, diabetes. Um, so we're really trying to keep from um, all these different, um, I guess, hurdles going from yeah. this to from oxidative stress to to inflammation, to disease, we're trying to prevent that whole chain. And the way, one way to do that is through foods that support um, like antioxidants and foods that help decrease oxidative stress. Mm. Um, So it's, again, it's, it's like a process in our bodies that we're trying to like block in a sense. I wish you all can see me, but I'm like blocking my hands right now. (laughs) We're trying to block these different things um, from leading to the next point of medical conditions that oftentimes are not reversible if we don't do something about it. Um, So that's what I mean by oxidative stress. It just leads to other Mm -hmm. conditions that Mm -hmm. make your quality of life very hard. So if someone's gone for family estrangement and they're still caught up in a fight or flight mode where the body is producing the stress hormones continuously because the brain is in a way stuck in the past and I always say the brain doesn't dis- distinguish between the past and the present when you give it the memory. It just reacts to what you're feeding mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. So right. if you're feeding something or the circumstances that led to estrangement or the stresses that led to estrangement mm-hmm. and you're finding yourself, you're incredibly stressed, you're still tearful, you go back into that, uh, the cortisol in your body pumping around, which we mm-hmm. know that can lead to other health issues down the line, which sometimes they're not treat uh, prevent uh, treatable as you mentioned so if someone is finding themselves in that situation and they find that they're still going back in their mind what kind of food can they kind of be eating at least to help that you know what 
I'm still trying to get hold of my brain. My brain still takes me back to the circumstances, still get angry, still get stressed. So what are the type of type of food they can eat to at least try to help themselves from what they consume externally in terms of food wise, right? What kind of mm-hmm. what kind of food is that that could just help lessen the impact of this uh, to induce oxidative stress? Right. No, that's a very good question. And I mean, I, we can go on and on about all your different types of foods and vitamins. Um, but I think first we have to think about are the foods that I'm eating promoting nutrient um, enhancement mm-hmm. or for our bodies, or is it creating nutrient um, deficiencies? Because if we're creating nutrient deficiencies, like deficiencies from vitamin A, vitamin C, all these different types of B vitamins, fiber, um, Mm. iron, which I know like women of color lack iron so much, right? Potassium, all these different things. If we're eating foods that don't supply that, that means we can still be in a sense malnourished because we have this, this kind of, I guess, um, different viewpoint on what malnourished look like sometimes mm. we think of malnourished we think of someone skinny or yeah. just you know skin and bones yes. right there yeah. you go but it's not that's not true we're finding no. that malnourishment is literally people who may you may assume may eat a lot but they mm-hmm. actually don't and no. i see these people almost every day and they yeah. would say like oh you probably look at me and think i eat everything and i'm like actually no, no. i that's the opposite, but it is certain nutrients that you need. And we want to make sure that you're mostly consuming foods that give you all those vitamins that I named, mm. um, that are going to help enhance the full potential of your body and organs, what it could be. Some of those foods, some mm-hmm. of my favorite, honestly, are like fatty fish, like salmon, yeah. mm-hmm. um, or albacore tuna. That's a great one because that one really helps with decreasing, uh, depression. Yeah, uh, and brain development and even like just your cells in your brain kind of signaling different mm. things um so that's I think the omega-3 right omega-3s you got yeah. it omega-3s because there's um a couple of different types of omega-3s you need and and your fatty fish can provide that for you mm. um one of my favorites is berries that yes. one is like my all-time favorite because that's where you get those antioxidants Oxygen, right that support yes right that that oxidative stress and then i know that some people sometimes get surprised by this one which is like dark chocolate um because we think like chocolate like oh it's it's (laughs) right (laughs) it's the bad guy right um but it actually it can improve your mood and it helps with blood flow right and again with inflammation so all those different things um and then you have like different types of um fermented foods i don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of kombucha before oh yeah i have kombucha um, yeah, as well kombucha. as uh, apple cider vinegar uh, apple cider rice. vinegar yeah. kimchi because kimchi yes. pretty much has a lot of sometimes of the um vinegar base kimchi yeah. where it's like cabbage and peppers so good mm-hmm. um yogurt even you know so think about unsweetened yogurt that's possible yeah. and another one of my favorites is beans because mm. i feel like people sleep on beans a lot like beans are amazing yes. you know what i just had for dinner i literally when i came back i i, I made dinner and i made the black bean stew yeah uh, so which i had some tomatoes some onions some turmeric yes. and yes. So that's what i added and i want to you know so for me uh, mm-hmm. i know for most i'm a nutri- nutritionist is worst nightmare you know what that is <laughs> <laughs> have a one guess why <laughs> 
I am a vegan. <laughs> oh no, that 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 is fine. You know, <laughs> vegan has really taken off as far as like yeah. the lifestyle of being vegan has yeah. really taken off. And if you're, I always say, you know, if you're eating whole food, plant-based vegan, then yes. you should be good to go. It's just, unfortunately, yeah. companies have really kind of taken that word yeah, and put it on take, everything, right? Yeah, everything's taken <laughs> over. Now, for me, I, I, it's, I, I do a lot of juicing. I mean, I know we're going mm-hmm. through the era coronavirus. I seem mm-hmm. to have gone completely unscathed. I, I yeah. haven't had anything at all. And yes. believe me, when it comes to mingling, I'm not shy of mingling with people, being in contact with people. Uh, but I I do juice a lot. I don't like smoothies, but I, I do make an exception. So like you mentioned, the brain food, the berries, mm-hmm. I typically make like walnuts. So I have walnut flour. Uh, so it's yeah. 100% walnut, just walnuts have been grounded and I mix it with blueberries. And uh, for my omega-3, I actually add in CMOS and also had hemp mm. seeds. Yes. So, but they, they've been deshelled. So they're just hemp seeds deshelled. And I put it in my smoothie with a banana and yes. I would have that. And I would also give it to my daughter. And yes. when it comes to other stuff for the body, now I know a lot of people use coriander. You, I think in America, you guys call it cilantro. Cilantro, cilantro yeah. Right. Yeah. So we call it coriander. So what I would do, what, what people buy like collard greens or callaloo, you know, it's a big one. Yes. I yes. buy that equivalent in, 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 um, cilantro coriander so i have the Mm. whole container and i put that in the juicer with lime and ginger and that sounds so good maybe sometime apple so i juice a whole maybe a liter or maybe just a little bit less than a liter and i'll drink Mm. that in like space of two days or one day but i often juice so much ginger would add up to a pint so not even like what you put in a blender ginger and i consume so much ginger i swear to god i'm going to turn into a ginger root (laughs) So I, I know I don't eat fish, um, but to be honest, I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, how just they're so healthy. And that's been my thing. And there is one exception that I do take. I tend to take all very natural supplement and I take anything that increase high iron. So for example, even now I'm drinking a herbal tea, but it's called burdock, uh, burdock root. And yes. it's got sarsaparilla, all these, all these herbs, they, you know, they have yes. iron or nettle or or dandelion so I have all of that and I consume it quite a bit because before I've I've had iron deficiency in the past not because I was a vegan and I wasn't even a vegan then I was a meat eater Mm -hmm. and I was also deficient in vitamin d again when I was a meat eater but now I'm okay with that but I do take vitamin d supplement I live in UK and you know here the sun is a bit shy yes has to play hide and seek so (laughs) about this time of the year we don't kind of see it until like March (laughs) wow it's it's pretty dark and we don't get enough vitamin d from the sun so Mm -hmm. if i don't actually take vitamin d no matter how long i'm outside i just don't get this we don't get the the uv that enough to generate vitamin d and for me and i realize that impacts my mental health a lot lack of vitamin d is something that really has an effect on me so when the sunset, when we go through autumn season, to I take really high levels of vitamin D, and that's the mm-hmm. only exceptional supplement that I take. That's not, I'll say, natural. Like it's made in the lab. That's the right. Only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny you mention that because you said like the main word you said was you notice, and it was yeah. like you took an assessment of like, oh, I notice if I don't have this, then I feel this way, and I think yes. that's something sometimes people forget to do is to just have those moments 
um, of just sitting and, and, and sitting in our stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just figuring it out and being aware and not even figuring it out, but just being aware and maybe you can figure it out later down the road. Yeah. Um, but I found that a lot that that helps people with food. Um, mm-hmm. And that's actually one of the pillars that I try to get people to really understand is like mindset around mm-hmm. like their relationship with food, trying yeah. to really figure out what foods affect them more than others. Um, and there's different methods that you can do to do that, but it does require you to sit in this busy world and just mm. be still. Yeah, it really does. So, what, what, when you work with people, have you figured that the common denominators of the type of food that really, really have effect on people, like, you know, that different food affect different people differently. I know for me, dairy was like, you know, mm. that was my. I, I, I can't stand it. And if I yes. ate, I felt like I've got daggers in my stomach. Now, I know yeah. to other people, it's very different. So have you come back figure out the common denominator of the type of food that really impacts people, the ones you kind of mm-hmm. pick up from everyone that you work with? Yeah. Um, you know, most people, when they think, you know, see that I'm a dietitian, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I eat healthy. I don't eat carbohydrates. And for me, it kind of makes me just like boil in the inside because mm-hmm. I was that girl who, mm-hmm. you know, restricted myself from carbohydrates, which yeah. carbs are like, you know, whole grains or yeah. beans or um, different types of vegetables, starchy vegetables like potatoes or squash mm-hmm. or or different fruit, right? Saying like, oh, fruit is too sweet, can't have it. So what I've seen is that people restrict themselves so much Mm -hmm. um, to, I guess, have this unrealistic, maybe exterior appearance as if everything is okay, but they're really sabotaging their relationship with food and they're actually missing nutrients, right? Mm. They're creating nutrient deficiencies in themselves Mm. just for a byproduct of a certain weight or a certain yes. way to look um mm. and it's really sad because i've seen people actually develop diabetes and heart disease because of the restriction oh, of oh we, call, we call that yo-yo dieting like yep. yo-yo, dieting, yeah, yep. yo-yo dieting yeah and the number one food is usually the the carbohydrates those foods that i named and as you can see the ones mm-hmm. that we name for mental health at least majority of them mm-hmm. are considered carb rich foods that mm. our bodies and our brains need to function so, so i think it, in the end it's about balance it is it's definitely yeah. about balance i know through my experience because you know when i was 17 i used to be um a model oh nice and yeah i used to be a model i when i graduated high school i was like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna you know apply to agencies never got into any agencies but i was a really skinny girl on five ten. Um, and I remember going to like a modeling agency and they told me like, oh, you know, you can pinch your skin. You're too fat. You know, words like that. Yes. That I would hear, um, when I would go to some of these different agencies. And for me, I was just like, okay, first of all, I love food too much. I don't think this is going to work. No, so at least (laughs) you knew you didn't, you didn't try to fit in in that box. You're just like, no, this is not going to work for me. Well, I think I did try to fit in the box, but then after just so many trial and errors of like restricting so much food at such a young Mm. age and being like, I can't do this. Like it literally placed this, um, I guess, halo, not halo, but more of like a, just a a damper on like you Mm -hmm. being around other people, you isolating yourself. 
even because you feel like, oh, I can't go to this party. They're going to have this, or yeah. I can't do this. They're going to have this. So I went through that stage, but then I also went through a stage where I actually gained a ton of weight uh, oh. at the end of college. So mm-hmm. I've seen, I've experienced both ends where mm-hmm. I was this body that everybody wanted and admired, but I was not happy. Mm-hmm. But then I was also this bigger girl after college and understanding that it was not only about food, but why did I eat it? My relationships mm-hmm. with my boyfriend at whoever that was at the time was not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not physically active. My mindset around food was not healthy mm-hmm. at all. I sabotage food all the time. Um, I definitely wasn't resting. I was the first in my family to graduate college and I was trying to graduate. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, let's rest. You got to study all day and you don't get a chance to recover. No, um, so no. yeah. So I've seen both ends or experienced both ends of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, was able to have a wake up call throughout my journey to say like, this is not what life is supposed to it's be. Supposed to be. Um, yeah. So when you work with people, what, what journey do you take them in order to understand their mindset and relationship with food, especially if they don't even understand that the food they eat is impacting their mental health and well-being in to such a degree? What, do, mm-hmm. how do you work? How do you work with a person through that transition of getting them from not knowing to knowing? Oh, no, that's a very good question. And it actually has everything to do with the first pillar of what I really try to get people to think of, which is mindset. So mm-hmm. you go through an assessment, right? And it, it, it's funny because everybody that comes to me, the number one thing they want is I want to lose weight. Uh, so then yes. my question is why? Yeah. Like, why do you want to lose weight? You know, when people say things like, oh, I want to fit into this dress or I want to go to my class reunion and feel mm-hmm. this way. So it's like, oh, so you do understand that even if you were to get to this unrealistic weight that you want Mm -hmm. those internal problems that you're experiencing whether it's insecurity confidence Mm -hmm. um all of that is still not going to be there even if you drop a certain amount of weight your problems are still going to be there that's true Um, that's true and then then we switch it and look at okay so what have you been doing in the past and Mm -hmm. we kind of backtrack and I often see people they went through like you said the yo-yo diets so Mm -hmm. it's like So you coming to me to get on another expected yo-yo diet and you see where it has landed you in the first place, Mm -hmm. that's not going to be a long-term success. So let's really get to why Mm -hmm. you want to lose weight. Um, And then they start to open up more about, oh, you know, I've had patients that say, you know, my father thinks I'm fat and, you know, Mm. that was just a childhood thing or um you see women that are like just not happy Mm. with their life or their job or um they just want more energy I find that a lot among women they want more energy okay we can still give you those building Mm -hmm. blocks for more energy and how you can get that for food there are specific food groups that give you energy Um, and we can do that But if you never reach this high school weight, are you going to be okay with that? Because Mm. I'm not promising you a weight loss that probably is not even designed for your body. Exactly, (laughs) yes. But I can promise you that you'll feel more alive. You'll feel more confident. You'll have Mm. more energy. You'll be able to make more liberating decisions um, Mm. around food and not feel like you have to isolate yourself. So um, it it definitely starts with the mindset, but then also explaining to people like you need this food group because of this. You want energy 
this food gives you energy. Even though the latest diet may say, take this food out to get mm. this woman's suit body. What you're really craving is something that you're missing that I can educate you on why you need it. So yes. it's a process and it takes a lot of um, talking to these women and, yeah. and really um, getting them to even state it themselves because you have to catch the language that they say too. It's like, exactly. well, I wanted this, but it's like, wait, remember what we talked about. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes it's, okay it's about catching it. the conversation they have in their mind Yes. about the and sometimes it's about rewiring what you think you know yes. you know for some people depending where they come culturally they could be eating some of the food that literally detrimental or is the the food itself is not bad it's the way it's prepared and exactly. sometimes that could make it a little bit toxic when it's being digested once it goes through that tracks the oils mm -hmm. and everything else that could make mm -hmm. it a little mm -hmm. bit um so sometimes it's also trying to tell somebody to rewire what they think is what my grandparents say, what my parents say. And I'm not sure how, how often you come across that. You must come across that quite often. Definitely. What my parents ate this, my grandparents, they're fine. But, and I think sometimes when I have conversation in that context, I'm saying, well, you know, if you go back maybe two, three generations, they were not living the same way we're living. You know, we're mm -hmm. pretty much homebody, especially now with Corona, we are homebody. Yeah. We don't, move our body very much okay fine they ate that but they used to walk around they used to take a bus they used to do a lot more physical activity so maybe it didn't impact them the same way and also there wasn't so much hidden sugars in everything at the time exactly exactly yeah no definitely and and you know i think sometimes when we mm -hmm. think that in our brains it's kind of like a sense of like safety net for us because yeah. it's like oh yeah so you know they did it so it must be this way. And one word you said was culture, because I do have a nonprofit and we focus on people yeah. embracing their culturally rich foods. Mm -hmm. And like you said, sometimes it's really not the foundation of what the food is. Like if God gave you the food to you in your hand, yes. the foundation of that food is very helpful. It's yes. very healthy. But if you start to add all these different things, um, then it can alter the benefit of what it was intended food. for. And we also have to think, because you mentioned something very, very um, dynamic too. You said, um, because of the way that it was prepared and we think it's okay because that's how they did it. Mm. Back in that day, especially for my ancestors, mm -hmm. the amount of the certain, I guess, types and amounts of social determinants they had yeah. may have been a little bit different for me. Right. Exactly. Like they would look at me and say, oh, you're very successful. Um, mm. You can afford these things. You weren't given the scraps of what mm. we were given back in my day. Um, so that that can be different. But it also depends on, you know, income and, you know, there's food deserts and things That's like true. that that our That's nonprofit true. focuses on regarding access. Because, you know, access plays a huge is a mm. huge determinant of if you will develop a medical condition, too. So that those are things That's that we're true. trying to fix. Access process. to fruit and vegetables, even clean mm -hmm. water, they clean make water, a big yeah. difference in. Yeah. And this is what I feel like sometimes when people go through such traumatic life experiences, and then you're compounding that with lack of access to great nutrition, it's almost like you're getting an attack from the outside and an inside, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes mm -hmm. some of us can, we might go through emotional turmoil, but I am by no in any means restricted in getting any kind of food that I desire, especially the ones I can. It's not, it's not like 
for me to get certain type of food to enrich my body is an issue. But mm-hmm. I understand, you know, when you go listeners all over the world, this might not be reality for everyone. So, you know, sometimes if I feel like, oh my God, I feel lack of energy, I know exactly what I need to buy. And, right. you know, now, especially for us, you in America, me in the UK, we get the option mm-hmm. to buy organic and non-organic. Now, organic is right. a little bit more expensive, yeah. but at the same time, if I want to do something purple green to get that chlorophyll, I don't want to be juicing something with pesticide in it. So mm-hmm, I'm going to mm-hmm. go for organic. Right. Because right. I guess I have the means to go for the organic. You, right. Does that makes sense. Yeah. It does. So, it does. So I was also yeah, going to ask. You have to have the means for sure. You have to have the access. And I think one thing for me is that some people, they may not have the organic or they use the word as like the price, right? It's so yeah. expensive. Yeah. Um, and it's like that still should, should not deter you away from yes. still eating vegetables or whatever you need to eat you know so that's the big thing I've seen it's like that one thing should not determine you know oh okay I'm gonna go to the bakery instead and and base my food off of that versus what you can because you know earlier you mentioned about the beans beans are tend I'm posted they tend to be very cheap um, now for mm-hmm. me, I practically live on chickpeas as well. I love chickpeas. Yes, I love, love chickpeas, and they're so nutritional, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can buy a bag of even organic chickpeas. They're literally in the UK. You can get them for about one pound fifty, which is mm-hmm. really cheap. And you can that's the organic ones. They're proper dry. You can you know hydrate them yourself, or you can buy the ones in there. I try to avoid mm-hmm. tin stuff, so I buy the ones in like a packet packets. Packet. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I try to avoid tin. You know, <laughs> I just avoid tin. <laughs> uh, but I try to avoid that. Again, that's another thing. You know, like if I choose not to buy stuff in the tin because I'm worried about maybe metal toxicity, you know, leaching in there, then I I can do that. And I know other mm-hmm. people cannot. Uh, so right. I, for that, I'm truly grateful. Yes, um, yes. So beans are very cheap, especially things like chickpeas. I mean, they're yes. highly nutritional, very nutritionally dense, and they're very, very good for you. Um, yes. So I was going to ask you another question. You, okay. when I follow you on Instagram, you speak about exercise and how mm-hmm. it's really, really important for our mental health. Are you able to talk me through that and the importance of exercise and our mental health? Yeah, yeah. And for me, I don't know if anybody's ever gone through any injuries before, <laughs> but I've gone through a couple actually like right before the pandemic and even through the pandemic. Yeah. And it really altered, you know, my body and how it looks because there are certain um, things that I'm, uh, I guess, limited to. I can't like push myself as hard as I used to. But yeah. I think that there is one misconception when it comes to exercise that people feel like they have to literally feel like they're dying. <laughs> like they can't. Like, yeah, like they're doing insanity. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like their heart is about to beat out of their chest to feel like yeah. they had a good workout. And that's not necessarily true. Yeah. You have to start with where you are and you progress. But I think if we focus more on just moving more yes. um, and, and getting stronger in the process and then going to the next level as we move more, but not yeah. feel like we have to go all in mm. um, and do these crazy exercises because really that's going to discourage us. Yes. Some of us, we walk in the gym and we see people doing those type of exercises. And you're like, discouraging. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm not going to do that. Look at her. She's like, you know, a six pack <laughs> over here and you want me to do the same thing she's doing. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would just say, I think environment plays a role too. And that's the reason I said that because with the pandemic, people were working out at home. And I know for me, it was okay working out at home. Not gonna lie. It was okay. Uh, But now that I'm outside, I've noticed even like the 
most recent months. Yeah. That me working out outside clears my mind yes. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I perform a little bit better. Like my mm-hmm. movement is a little bit better. Um, I feel more energized after. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's little things like that you have to pay attention to. Do I thrive in the gym versus being in a park? Do yes. I thrive um, in my home versus going to the mountains and hike? I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. And so for the past three um, months or so, I've realized that. And one other thing I realized, which is so funny because I've shared this with a couple of personal trainers, mm-hmm. is that for me, I have this fear of running. Yes. So for me, you know, when growing up in high school at the age of 16, 17, I was on the track team. Mm. But I was the tallest girl on the track team, but I was the slowest girl. Oh, that's so not going to be a great combination when the team. It's not. Yes. It's like, God, yeah. how are you going to tell me to run on the track team, but I'm yes. the slowest, right? So, yeah. you know, from being the slowest on the track team, but the tallest girl, mm-hmm. of course, I got picked on even from my own teammates, right, of yes. how I need to do better. And they were always doing better than me. So for a very long time, up until more recent, like that was like over 16 years ago, mm-hmm. I understood that there was a connection between why I didn't want to run because mm-hmm. for so long I was, you know, made fun of about being mm-hmm. slow. Yes. And when I kind of, when I kind of, you know, looked at that and said, wait a minute, I am a grown woman. woman. Okay. Like this should not affect me the way it is or that it was. Mm-hmm. I began to run and I share on my stories, you know, on social media, like if I run, I share, you know, mm-hmm. how long I ran and if mm-hmm. I'm doing better, maybe I didn't have such a great day. So, you know, I didn't do as well, but I still got out there and did it. Um, yes, exactly. So once I was yeah. able to tackle that, like what was the fear behind mm-hmm. me actually going for a run? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, what am I scared of? Yeah. Yeah. What am I scared of? So it's allowed me to create goals around exercise. It's allowed me to um, just get more movement period, but also understand that there are certain environments that I thrive in Mm -hmm. um, that promote um, that healthy living for me and promote me to do the best that I can as much as I can. As much as you can. I, I love that. Actually, yeah. It's, um, yeah. it's like understanding what you understood all your limitations. Well, what was the block, the stumbling block? Mm-hmm. Of it goes back to a story. It goes back to essentially you constructed the story around the narrative why you couldn't run. So mm-hmm. more importantly, now, now you're running. Mm-hmm. What's happening inside your body biologically? Yes. Oh my gosh. So many great things are happening. So first of all, um, when you run the endorphins, the feel good that you have, no matter if you did more miles last week or this week is amazing. Um, Sometimes for me, I don't know if anybody else feels this way. When I have a really good workout and I try my absolute best, um, I feel like so much has been released Mm, um, that may have been weighing me down. It's Mm kind of weird. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. Um, but also my sleep is improved. Like Mm. the quality of my sleep is a lot better. Mm -hmm. I would say too, with running, it has allowed me to understand as well that I will not perform very well at any physical activity unless I'm hydrated because I've seen such a difference. And that if I, if I drink too much coffee this day and not enough water, it's Mm going to be a struggle to run a couple miles. Um, so in a sense, it's allowed me to be more accountable because mm-hmm. I know that I want to continue to improve in running. Um, and the mood, my mood mm-hmm. just changes. I mm-hmm. feel like I can be more productive after mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. run. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, those are the benefits that we know scientifically um, it has shown for our bodies, yes. for our brain. It creates new brain cells. Mm. We always need those. <laughs> no, we need them. I mean, we're learning new things every single day. And, yes, uh, yes. You know, we, we, when we go through this life, we're supposed to be learning. We're supposed to be evolving. Um, although sometimes when we get stuck in traumas and circumstances, it can leave us a little bit stuck. And sometimes also understanding our brain doesn't always like change. You know, the brain likes what's familiar. You try to introduce something different to the brain. They're like, hey, wait a minute. Let's stop. I'm really comfortable where I am. Leave me alone type of situation. So for me, I've always been, I try to exercise as frequent as possible. Uh, so like my, I've always been quite proactive in terms of my food, not obsessively, but I tend, I tend to eat. I don't do yo-yo dieting. I just eat normally. I'm also one of those people that's considered a grazer. So yes. I don't I have a sit down, have a like massive meal like three times a day. I just kind of eat gradually throughout the day, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And yes. that's what I, I normally do. And mm -hmm. I, weirdly, I'm never hungry in the mornings. I can have fruits or something, but I just could never have mass, nothing big until mm -hmm. the afternoon. But I can have water, I can have whatever. Mm -hmm. And like yourself, I've also made a huge connection between exercising and meditation I'm feeling good. I'm not saying yes. I don't get my down days because girl, they come around. Oh yeah, that, that's life. You know, that's life. So, <laughs> but I do know I love dancing. I love rhythm, mm -hmm. and I specifically like dancing to either like uh, African music, like Afro beats. Mm -hmm. I love that. Right. Yes, so yes. once I do half an hour Afro beats, then I end up doing some squats or I end mm -hmm. up doing whatever to get my body moving. I tend to feel yes. better. And then to top of that, if I add in meditation, it feels a lot better. Yeah, um, certainly a lot better than it felt if I didn't do it for that matter. And you mentioned something that's really, really valuable, which is hydration. I mean, our bodies is meant to be what is it? 70% water. And yeah, our brain is like more than that yeah. as well. Just yes. our brain alone. So when alone. we are dehydrated, yes can we even think clear because the, the, now the now the, raisin, the brain instead of looking like a juicy grape is looking like a raisin right <laughs> are we restricted in terms of our thinking capacity so now imagine you're sitting here with a whole bunch of traumas you're feeling all about something you know you've gone for family estrangement you're having issues at work or you're having issues with any other areas in your life mm -hmm. and then sitting there with your dehydrated body mind right you can imagine things would just seem a little bit worse. You don't have these endorphins kicking in. You don't have the happy, I call it the happy juices yes. running through your body. Things can seem a little bit worse. And I would say sometimes we can do things to help ourselves. Even we cannot control other people. We cannot control what they do, what they say. But there's little things that we can do to take charge of our own health, our internal health. When our internal health is better, we can become wellness together does that make yes. sense you can you it makes can, a lot of sense it makes yeah. a lot of sense in that sense so like like you mentioned even like resting and sleep uh when you exercise better you sleep better at night and when you sleep better you're more productive during the day so it's like yeah you're more productive so which is it like we, we need yeah. it all we need to be like a holistic approach to everything and i think for most people we can spend so much time focusing on our mental health that we neglected the aspect of the physical health and our physical health it really is a lot to do with also what we're eating as well right, right. and we don't have to have it all figured out right like it's no. an involvement of the process yes and i think that's what's one thing that holds people back they feel like okay i have to have all the things the in order and it's like yeah. no just start with one thing even if yeah. that means i'm gonna take a walk every saturday you yes. know, for 15 minutes, yes. that's a start. And that's better than what you did. And you even said something because everything that you mentioned about your dance, I love, 
I love mixing up my exercises. I only run maybe like once or twice a week. But Mm -hmm. in between that, I kind of mix it up because I don't want to be bored and I evolve. Like I love spin classes. I love yoga. Like those types of things. Spin killed my thighs. (laughs) (laughs) That that was finished me off. I do love spin class, yes. Yes, but it's a it's a growth process, you know, just yeah. because you decide I'm going to walk or run a day, it doesn't mean that you have to do it every day, you can mix it up, you yeah. can do whatever exercise you feel like will help you based on um, the day, um, or yeah. what you can make time for, um, yeah. and you mentioned something else about rest too, that was really good, because when we get enough rest, because you said our quality of sleep is better, like you were kind of recapping that regarding mm-hmm. the exercise, we're able to make better decisions when we get enough rest. That's true. Isn't that crazy? Like we can literally like get much more, um, I guess, more effective decisions in our life (laughs) when we have Um, enough sleep. Exactly. So it's like, which one comes first? I would say the sleep, uh, the resting and productivity or mental health, it's a chicken or the egg, which one came first? We need both. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was going to, I saw something on your Facebook, uh, on your your Instagram, and you you spoke about seven types of rest right and that one you covered was physical was mental uh emotional social creative spiritual and sensory right are you able to talk Mm -hmm. us through that process yeah yeah so okay i'm no expert in this but let me tell you i stumbled across the book called sacred rest um i think sacred rest sacred Um, rest okay and it's actually by md doctor i think it's Mm -hmm. dr dalton smith i think that's her name i hope i got Mm -hmm. that right Um, And the reason I stumbled across it is because, okay, I am a professional. I have two businesses, plus I work full time. I sense the rest. It might be a luxury for you. (laughs) Lack of rest, right? So, um, you know, for me, it was a wake up call. Again, another story of me traveling two hours from an event my nonprofit had on the way to a full time job from previously hosting and really producing an event for a fundraiser and I almost ran off the road oh my um, goodness. and from, from that exhaustion just pure exhaustion um not taking time to rest not taking time to recover yeah. um, and that happened years ago but it took a process of me to really understand that there's a difference between rest and recovery mm. for instance I can go to sleep and get my seven to eight hours of sleep but still wake up feeling tired if I'm not doing things in my life that are technically a sense of recovery Mm. or incorporating certain types of rest which is what you read off all these different types of rest whether it's emotional Mm -hmm. um, rest that you need um, whether it's um, sensory rest maybe you look at a computer screen all day you need a break yes even from your phone I feel like everywhere we look everybody's looking at their phone when they're walking yeah (laughs) so that type of rest yeah yes um other types of rest that I realized that I needed because me just trying to sleep off being tired wasn't Mm -hmm. really helping me Mm -hmm. but also to understanding that Jasmine if you're working 60 70 hours a week how productive are you going to be or helpful or impactful are you going to be to others if you don't take that time to say no Mm. and if you don't take that time to really um you know embrace recovery for yourself and carve it out out of your day so that's how that really came about and I started to understand that rest affects the choices we make regarding food Mm -hmm. um even if your goal was weight loss if you want to lose weight that is fine 
But I guarantee you, if you don't have rest, your body will not respond in a way for you to lose mm. weight, no matter how healthy the process is for you to lose weight. Mm. Um, so that was big for me. Rest and recovery from exercise, even. Yes. You know, if you're working out four or five days out of the week, I'm not really encouraging you to work out six or seven days and then mm. have a 60-hour work week. That is not, you know, giving your body time to recover. Um, and it actually increases your chance of injury too. So mm. it was, it was those moments in my life where I was like, oh, I'm tense. I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and my blood pressure is going up. Um, my weight was going up because I was not getting recovery and rest and really acknowledging what mm-hmm. types of rest I needed. So that was where that came from. I was like, I have to post it because it shows yeah. you how to get it first shows you your seven types of rest and then how to implement those in your life yes. to fulfill it and to, to really, you know, um, not pour from an empty cup because mm-hmm. just getting sleep alone is not, not enough the sole form of rest. Yeah. yeah. Because sometimes you can sleep, but your mind is so stressed. Like for me, when I'm stressed mm-hmm. about something, mm-hmm. I would wake up in the morning, my jaw would be hurting because I'll be clenching my jaw throughout the night. And then my husband would say to me, gee, what were you chewing last night? I feel like I need, so for me, when I go to bed with stresses, it's almost like even when my mind is turned off, my subconscious mind is still ticking, replaying certain things. And I wake up mm-hmm. in the morning, I am, I've got a headache. My mm-hmm. jaw is feeling really t- sore. My teeth are just feeling so tender because I've been grinding throughout the night, right. you see. Right, so, right. But I don't know if I practice mindfulness uh, slightly, mm-hmm. even just meditating, breathing techniques that tends to be slightly more helpful um, mm-hmm. to my journey of sleep because you can go yes. to bed at ten o'clock and have the worst sleep, or you can go to bed sometime like I know I can identify with your as an entrepreneur. I'm pretty sure going to bed at two in the morning is not unusual for you. <laughs> exactly. But then I've gone to bed at two in the morning where I'm so exhausted, I just crash and I have mm-hmm. the deep sleep and I wake up like nine oh or something well I have a daughter and she's and I wake up really <laughs> early in the morning I'm like ah that's a really good sleep right. or I could be struggling to sleep and yeah so all these little things I find they play a part uh, with us you know in terms of how mm-hmm. we make decisions so if I go to bed really tired really cranky that's gonna affect my decision making of the day sometimes right. certain time of the month as a woman that's also yeah. plays a really big role as well for me um, Absolutely, but um, yeah. So this is it's it's almost like everything has to be taken into consideration. I think we can be, as I said earlier, we're focusing so much in our mindfulness and everything else, and we actually forget that actually there's a bigger role here. There's a food, there's rest, there's everything else that we need to take in consideration beforehand. Yeah, and we all deserve it. I think that's the first thing you have to really acknowledge too, that you deserve all those things. Yes. And when you can, and that comes again, going straight back to that mindset. If you don't feel like you deserve it, yeah. then you are not going to, you know, really dive into figuring out how to make it possible. And that's been a part of my journey. I yeah. deserve rest and recovery. I yes. deserve to say no when I can't, because my no does not mean I can't do it at all. It just made me not right now right now exactly right so it's putting up boundaries and putting yourself first exactly exactly so yeah rest I mean that's one if I'm very transparent I've learned that within the past six months that Mm. I'm not going to be anything to this world that I potentially can be if I don't incorporate different types of rest and stop Mm. trying to depend on just me getting sleep to be the fixer for that so Mm, yeah absolutely 
Jasmine, yeah. I love our conversation so much. And, <laughs> you know, again, I feel like when I follow you on Instagram, you share your wisdom and you give people practical things for them to do and practical steps for them to take in order to just make their lives a little bit better. Because I always say, like, when it comes to certain things like what you are trying to teach women to do, it's because life happens to us. And when life yeah. happens, we can't forget those things. You know, sometimes these things are considered to be self-care, but mm-hmm. we actually need, so we, we, we make self-care like it's, a, it's, it's this thing, it's like, so actually, oh, I, I've got to do self-care, but it needs to be incorporated in our everyday activity because if we, absolutely, you know, like uh, yesterday I was, I was talking to another guest or a podcast guest, and we're talking about the analogy of the, the um, aeroplane mask that you have to put the mask on yourself first before you can start rescuing everybody else you know Mm -hmm. if you don't have the mask they don't say put your mask on your child when a plane's about to crash (laughs) they say put the mask on you and then you Mm -hmm. can help your child so it's Mm -hmm. the same thing as you said as well pouring from an empty cup our cup must be filled before we can start pouring on to other people because when when we're pouring on empty i guess sometimes that can come across we don't want to be having what's the name of it compassion fatigue there's yes yes because that's a thing that is a thing as well (laughs) that (laughs) is definitely a thing that is definitely a thing so jasmine um thank you so much for this conversation and where can my listeners find you and if there's my listen my listener i think you know what i really want to work with jasmine because i really need to get my diet in order what can they expect from you Yes, yes. So you can find me at Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N-E, Westbrooks, W-E-S-T-B-R-O-O-K-S.com. Um, still working on the website, but you can definitely subscribe. Um, and if you're interested in working with me, you can also message me from that website link. Or if you're on social media, you can follow me at Jazz, J-A-S dot Monique, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E dot R-D. Mm-hmm. um on instagram um on facebook um you can actually be a part of this community this group i have called nourish through nutrition mm. um just nourish through nutrition um on facebook we have such a great group um of i think like over 200 now oh, um, wow. where you can share your tips and things like that as well mm-hmm. um but yeah that's where you can find me if you want to work with me some things that you can expect um, from me personally, is really just an open heart and really listening to, you know, what things are missing out of your life that mm. has a lot to do with wellness, but also supporting you through the process, because I yes. understand that people need the support and accountability, um, because life is hard. You know, life is not easy for everyone. What may be stressful for one person um, yeah. may not be for another, and we have to respect that. Um, so you can feel, I guess, leave feeling liberated. Yay. most importantly um with your decisions around your wellness journey exactly so what to, how if you have to put summarize wellness as a thing how would you summarize wellness in a in a, in like mm. a very short sentence what what's your definition of wellness mm, wellness is being the very best that you could possibly be oh period that. yeah the very best that mm-hmm. you could possibly be we're not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think if we had the chance to be perfect, we would because perfect is, was only for one. In my opinion. Yeah, it doesn't. Really, um, I mean, yeah, it doesn't really exist. And what's perfect for me might yeah. not be perfect. Perfect. For you. Yeah. 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 And yeah. sometimes perfect can be a little boring as humans, you know, like I know. We, 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 <laughs> 
we need obstacles and challenges to keep there us you going. go exactly to keep us going to make yeah. this life worthwhile um but yeah i think wellness it really is just functioning at your yeah. best ability you're, you're you know actually fulfilling that potential um of what you what you um are yes oh, okay and yes. one last thing is there a particular quote or mantra that you stick by on your mm. down days and i do ask this a lot question to people like is this something that you can go to and be like so you, you've had a day at the office you've come back you've had a day through traffic and then you come in mm-hmm. to a day at home and you're just like you know what well, universe please stop delivering me these challenges for one day <laughs> what is one thing that can pluck you out of that mood that you do that you can stick by that you go to all the time whether it's a song whether it's a particular practice whether it's a quote what is that thing for you I would think the mindset I'm usually in, especially lately, is I will control the things that I can and mm-hmm. and let whatever I can't control be, honestly. Um, because I found myself caring so much sometimes yeah. that it's like you can only do so much, Jasmine. Um, and knowing that I can still play a part by saying to myself out loud, I can yeah. control the things I can I control. Can control. Yes. Um, you know, really says to my inner self that you can still be productive and do what you can, but do only what you can. And it's still mm. okay. It's I still okay. That. And it's yeah. still okay. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for that. And I hope uh, my listeners have taken away so much from this conversation. And again, as Jasmine said, just reach out to her. She has a community with just 200, over 200 people sharing their tips and how to navigate this world where they I guess most people go for for weight loss but you know there's always other things that she unearthed that you need to take charge of so Jasmine thank you so so much thank you and that is the end of this amazing amazing episode I told you you're going to like Jasmine I told you you're going to love our wisdom and you've made it to the end. So thank you so much for listening. Now, before I conclude this episode, I just want to summarize my takeaway. Now, I know Jasmine shared a lot. We had a very uh, good two-way conversation, which I love. And and I think sometimes we can get a little bit carried away, but that's the most amazing thing about human conversation. You just let them flow. Our conversation was not scripted. It was just going along with the flow, right? I hope you felt that flow for you too. So what are my takeaways from this episode? Okay. Jasmine's quest to change herself and others stemmed from our own experiences and wanting to change unhelpful family patterns in relation to food. Now, how many of us, we, when we go through something, It's like once we go through it and we observe it, we want to change it, right? So almost taking something that could have been detrimental to you and change it to a positive. And this is what my whole emphasis is. Even when family estrangement, you can take it and turn it into something that can benefit you. Even if you think it's almost impossible, it cannot be done. But I still urge you to do it. My second takeaway, it is 100% proven that what you eat will impact your mental health. It can increase your risk of depression and some of the other good foods you can eat can reduce your risk of depression too. So remember that there's two sides to every coin. 
Number three, you wouldn't put the cheapest gas in your vehicle. Imagine if you get yourself a Lamborghini, hey? You're not gonna find the cheapest gas you're gonna put in that baby, are you? No. You're probably gonna find a really good, good quality gas to put in your Lamborghini, right? It's, it's a car that came to mind, don't mind me. So, if you wouldn't put junk in your vehicle, don't put junk in your body because then it's feeding your brain. Number four, good food helps with a good gut, gut, uh, gut bacteria. Now we know there's something about the gut and the brain connection. That's why we come with that feeling. I have a gut feeling because they say the gut is our second brain. Number four, oxidative stress. Or is it number five? Oxidative stress is hard on your cells which can lead to cancer, inflammation, and diabetes. So guys, keep that in check. That stress that is activated by re- reliving past traumas, man, just learn how to have a different conversation with that because you don't want to be activating that, right? So keep some things at bay. You know, I always follow the study of epigenetics in how our genes interact with our environment, right? This is a real thing. So we have genes and sometimes these genes are predisposed, they have a predisposition to things. This predisposition means they lie dormant and then they can be activated at time given the right circumstances and situations. Some genes which are harmful, which in, in a normal circumstance they would just lie there without causing any harm, could be activated. So bear that in mind and with no stress, it's not to be played with. Number five, is your food, is the food you're eating promoting nutrition or nutritional malnourishment? That's very interesting. Just because you're eating, it doesn't mean you're, you are receiving the correct amount of nutrition, right? So just bear that in mind. Not all food is equal. And when it comes to changing, it's all in a mindset. Just say no to yo-yo dieting. And it's better to develop a long-term change. And in a way that could sustain long-term habit. And it's a process. Catch the language you have with yourself about the relationship you have with food. Get your exercise on. Uh, get your exercise on. Heck, go for a walk, go for a run, even go for a hike, right? Drink plenty of water, definitely plenty of water. And remember to rest as the lack of rest can hinder our decision making, including the decision on what types of food we eat. Take your time to rest and recover. And finally, minimize your screen time. Anyway, that is all. And thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to go and follow Jasmine on all her socials, on Instagram, on Facebook, and join her group. And thank you so much. I'll catch you again next time. Thank you.